TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Explain what BOMBA and PLENA is and what's the difference between the two. They both stand. BOMBA and PLENA stand at the core of Afro-Puerto Afro Rican music or the music that, you know, uh, ties us or embrace us with the African culture as an influence of uh, people of African descent or people who enslaved it during the colonial periods uh, in the Americas. And that was obviously, uh, I would say 500 years ago, at least. Both expressions, they are often grouped together, but each has its own trajectory and musical identity. Bombay is said to be one of the oldest musical expressions of the Americas, again, dating back 500 years with direct connection to the African ancestry of people who uh, were enslaved and were brought by force across the oceans to the Americas. Plena, on the other hand, is a product of the early 20th century, growing and made a developing sense of Puerto Rican national identity. When Puerto Ricans, not only Puerto Ricans, but I would say all, you know, all the nations in the Americas, even the Caribbean island nations, during the 19th century, there was already a sense of identity, of feeling that you're Puerto Rican, that you were Cuban, or you were Dominican, or Jamaican, or from the United States, you know, that sense of, of nationality. That's, uh, and that was a key thing for, for Plena to develop. Both forms has been used to voice freedom, individuality, cultural affirmation, and even labor reform. As such, Bomban Plena are considered to be the main vehicles for the expressions of resistance, resilience, and pride. And it's, uh, of course, a form, I would say, a way, a sense of celebration and sense of... Uh, cultural identity, that's very important. Bomba is a traditional uh, musical style that the communities and generations of people of African descent created. I would say generations within the communities of people of African descent that they voiced, embraced, and celebrated. That was the main vehicle of expression and celebration where they voice, well, all their feelings or what was happening uh, in the communities, in the families, and even beyond, you know, the communities. They voice that in the celebration with music and particularly drumming and dance. Uh, you will see drummers 
with these uh, barrel-shaped uh, drums and other instruments that reinforce the rhythms and the music. And they basically accompany the singer. The singer will call uh, a song and they immediately know what style uh, the singer will be is singing or is, uh, will be singing. And what when that happens, you know, as the bone and uh, the music uh, elaborates, then the dance comes, and that's the key part of bomba, because the uh, the dance is driven by the dancer, not really the uh, the drummers, because the dancer will exchange with a drummer uh, her or his movements, and he will call. The movements around, you know, when when she or he moves, what we call piquetes, all those gestures that this this that the that the dancer will do, the drummer, the main drummer, has to answer precisely. When I talk about La Plena, is basically it's a product, as I said, of the late 19th century, early 20th century, and was uh, basically originated, I would say. Uh, by the urban workers of Puerto Rico's coastal areas, mainly Ponce and Mayagüez, and then, of course, it, it came to the capital city of San Juan. Uh, and that happened shortly after Spain lost political control of the island. And thus, during the early period of U.S. colonial rule, like Bomba Plena, Plena is sung in a call and response style. Call and response means, you know, when uh, I... When you basically, let's put it like in the context of salsa, you have a sonero or sonera, it will sing uh, a verse and then the coro will respond. Okay, so that's basically that's the foundation of uh, and it's a key characteristic of West African music, what we call call and response. And I was actually gonna, I, I was actually going to ask if you can give me. Because I know um, in plena, it's like a lyrical narration of daily life and commentary on like current events. Would you of be course. able to, to give me an example of what those lyrics would be? Sure. Let's say um, there's, um, there's a, there, there was a happening in Puerto Rico. Uh, Fuego, fuego, uh, fuego en el barrio, se quema la casa, fuego en el barrio. O sea, that they are singing about something that happened in the community or in the barrio. And then it's, they are talking or about a fire that happened. And then they elaborate on that. Basically, uh, and the, the verses will will tell the story of what happened, you know. And while the coro reinforces that that uh, that dynamic of call and response, uh, how that is reinforced, not only with the singing, but also with the drums. The group was, uh, was formed in 1983. Uh, from that year, then we started evolving in, uh, into but it was then an organization and uh, we started creating programs but uh, the group is just didn't form by itself i mean uh what happens was uh, you know as when i moved from puerto rico 
to your I came to study music. I was a musician already, but I wanted to uh, to pursue further stories, superior stories in music, uh, you know. And uh, when I got to New York, I found like a, a basically like any other migrant uh, that you have to here uh, do it for yourself, and then you you find that you really have to you know get um, stand on your own feet. And when I say stand on my own feet, means stand the stand ground and uh, be yourself, who you are. As a Puerto Rican, then I, if I wanted to excel in music, that means that I had to know where I was coming from and the music and all that that was behind the culture. And mm -hmm. I started seeking in New York, right here in New York, you know, people who play, who embrace this music. And I was lucky enough to find the elders, to find elders that basically opened the doors and opened their arms to me. That was and something that, that was, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, I, it's okay. That, that was actually okay. something that I wanted to, to ask you. What was the reaction or when you were playing here in New York, did people embrace it? Because was Bomba and Plena um, known here in New York? Well, yes, yes, indeed. But basically, uh, it wasn't as often as practiced as as it should have been, and that was my my particular concern. But for the elders, they took it as the as, the, as it go as it went because basically, uh, this music and this uh, I would say the performance and embracing this music always has come with a stigma, unfortunately. It was discriminated, you know. So people were very careful to, you know, to practice this music. Not only here in the United States or in New York, in Puerto Rico, it happened, you know. Why was it so, discriminated? Well, because basically it comes from from the workers, from people who were poor, and basically that's, you know, as a key form of expression, uh, uh, always like poor people, people of uh, of color were discriminated, you know, and their expression, whatever they did, it was look, you know, very defensively, unfortunately. But what it is, it carries a lot of weight, you know, a lot of uh, a profound sense of, of, of culture, of history. And that's what new generations of Puerto Ricans, younger generations have have seen, has discovered. And uh, after so many years, after so many generations, we see a lot of uh, the young generations of Puerto Ricans embracing this music with so much pride. And they not only have embraced it, but they have gone back to study the music, to document, to, uh, to investigate, and to find uh, so a lot of history that we did not know at this at the time, you know. But uh, I was lucky enough again to find elders that came from this expression that were basically coming from the barrios or from our families and from communities who practice these expressions. In New York, I was lucky to find these people who embraced me, and that's what gave me a real sense of, of belonging you know, uh, to pursue and to do something on my part.
because they had done it. And uh, that was good enough for me. What way, what they, they let me in within their circle. And it, then it was my turn to do something about that. So uh, I created an organized group, which then it was called Los Pleneros de la Batona. From that group, then as we saw how many people got attracted and got excited about what we were doing, because it was the real thing. I was part of these people, these elders who practice this music from uh, since they were born and from generations. So I was lucky enough, fortunate enough to be part of the circle. So people got very excited about what we were doing and we noticed that. And then I started pursuing uh, other opportunities for the group. And that's how we started uh, playing in colleges community colleges, city colleges, even beyond New York. But then we started creating programs. And after 40, uh, 47 years, yes, 47 years, we have done countless of programs. We have influenced countless of people into this music and other generations. And I think uh, I have to feel very uh, a lot of satisfaction about that. And not only in New York and the United States, but also back in Puerto Rico, uh, that we have been able to exchange all this. It's, it's like a network, you know, of people who practice this music. It's like a big community of, of, of artists, of musicians, of other people who support uh, this music, uh, what we call the traditional music of Puerto Rico. But again, you know, why it wasn't known as it should have been known and uh, embraced by other people? Well, it's not it's not people's fault, you know, because it comes from that beginning of being discriminated. And then, let's say, uh, those musicians who aspire for more, they went to uh, that music who was commercially attractive. And that's the song Cubano. And that's why, uh, let's say in New York, you see a lot of Puerto Ricans being into that circuit of commercial music uh, founded in the Son Cubano or, or Cuban music and other uh, Latin American music that was commercially attractive and viable, you know, in New York. And not particularly traditional music, but they were clear about who, who were they, you know? And basically we have to give a lot of credits to that generation of practitioners and musicians who kept this alive in their own way, not maybe uh, playing it in clubs as it should have been, but they created with, uh, they kept it within their own families and communities. And that's why we're here today. But Plena, it basically tells the history or talks about the current events. From my understanding at Puerto Ricans, we tend to be very proud people. You know, we're very proud of our culture. We're proud of where we came from. It doesn't matter if we're poor, if we're rich, lo que sea. We're very proud of, of what we have been able to accomplish. So I would think that something like Plena would, would be embraced because you're telling the history of the people. You're telling the stories. Like, for example, um, there's a, a a political plena. I think it's called um, Isla Nena. Okay. Um, 
It's a song about the U.S. military's occupation of Yeques in Puerto okay. Rico. So yeah. I would think because of that, something like Plena would be so important. Indeed, indeed, of course. And uh, but that's um, that's uh, upon you know the practitioner to engage into that particular direction, you know, because we understand that. Uh, as a musician, for example, myself, I decided many, many years ago that my expression, you know, whatever I would do, and this is not uh, basically, it's not premeditated. It just comes natural to me. When I have an inspiration, uh, then it, it will fall naturally into a general or plena or bomba, whatever I do, you know. But let me give you a very simple example. What you said that, you know, people uh, being attracted are so important about the context of the song. What it means, uh, this uh, this conveyor of, of history or news, but let's say in the Puerto Rican National Parade, what is the most famous song, a most popular song that you hear all the time? Wow, you're really putting me on the spot right now. <laughs> yeah, or about the flag. Que bonita bandera. Yeah. There you go. That's a plena. This is the great Ramito who uh, who wrote and composed and recorded this song. It's a plena. Que bonita bandera. Everybody connects with that song because it talks about the pride, your pride, the pride about your flag, about your identity or who you are. And that's what La Plena embraces. That's what La Bomba embraces. Where did the name um, Los Pleneros de la 21 come from? Pleneros are those practitioners of La Plena. That's where the names come from. La 21 is a barrio back in Santurce, which was a, which still is a municipality of someone who um, a lot of uh, very uh, I was a renowned practitioner of plena and bomba and live in Puerto Rico, in Santurce, La Parada 21. The group is called uh, Los Pleneros de la 21 because some of those elders were coming from La 21 and they migrated to New York and they found themselves, you know, and then, you know, they just practice this music. And that's when I came and, you know, I had the opportunity not only to meet them, to learn from them and eventually to uh, to form the group. We have performed the music all over the world, but also we have created programs, uh, educational programs where uh, we teach kids about the culture, about the these styles of music. Not only teaching, it's about educating uh, the kid and embracing them with the dynamics of, of who who we are as Puerto Ricans. And you see this group basically uh, singing songs or dancing. But outside, what happens? Well, people are just having a good time, talking and uh, selling bacalaitos and selling alcapurrias sometimes and all these uh, panadillas and all things that enforce that dynamic uh, as a community, as family. This is not just something um, 
Puerto Ricans listen to or take part in. It's a Caribbean thing, correct? Like Cuba, Dominican Republic. That's that's true. Yeah, and uh, I would say every uh, every nation, every island has its own uh, culture, very similar, but yet different from one another. But you will see a lot of similarities. It's the same. I always compare, you know, the music with food, because let's say, un arroz guisado. The habichuela is uh, un arroz moro con habichuela. Uh, Dominican uh, stew rice with beans or Cuban stew rice with beans is different. Yes, similar to Puerto Rican stew rice with beans. It has its own thing. It's, every, all of them are delicious, but they, are, they have their own identity of uh, where it comes from. And that history evolving make it itself being from uh, a particular place. Why do you think uh, a new generation has taken up Bomba and Plena and decided to help pass that along? Well, I think it has to do, you know, this is like a, a ladder, I would say. You know, we were influenced by the, the elders. Now I am an elder. And I have influenced other younger generations into uh, noticing and um, getting interested and eventually embracing. You know, you don't have to basically, I would say, practice the music, but also celebrate the music and identify with it. And that's the beauty of everything we do, you know, because this is like a network. It gets support, it, 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 you know, it gets relevance not only by those artists or musicians or dancers who perform it, but also those other individuals who support it in one way or another. You are supporting the music by giving us the opportunity to, you know, to channel this, uh, to talk about the history and what, what we're doing here in New York, you know. Uh, through 10, 10 wins. But then there are the, uh, let's say, uh, the scholars, they write about the history uh, in books and they uh, produce articles. And then so many people, and the, the common uh, listener, the common, uh, I would say, audience, basically comes and enjoy. And that's the important part of enjoying and uh, getting connected. Again, feeling that connection. And I think the young generation has noticed that because of, you know, of everything that has evolved. Now it's, it's a lot easier to know about what's happened. Before, you know, if I wanted to, to find out about certain information, I would have to go to a library or ask the elders, you know, and spend a lot of time, which was great, you know. Now they just Google it and they find it. And that's, a, that's very important in, you know, in, um, in the dissemination of what's been happening. Now you have hundreds of groups uh, all over the United States, not only Puerto Ricans, but all the people who have been, uh, who have felt the connection because it's a matter of community, you know, it's embracing a community of players or people who feels 
uh, uh, something about a certain uh, certain music or certain uh, subject, and they feel attached as a group, and that's what uh, is the beauty of all this. You know, it's human nature. That sounds amazing. Um, before we wrap up this interview, um, is there anything else that you would like to add? Well, I would say that basically, as you know, uh, since March, we have been in post here in New York and um, in most parts of the uh, United States. Uh, first of all, I, I, you know, I, my strong feelings for those who keep themselves, uh, you know, healthy and uh, also uh, que se cuiden mucho, ¿verdad? Y que protejan a su familia. Y uh, desde acá, de los planeros de la mente, we will uh, stay relevant, uh, although we might not be doing uh, in-person programs uh, for the, uh, let's say, for the media future, I would say, we are doing online programming. And this fall, we started with a new series of online programming, just logging to Los Pleneros de la 21 on Facebook. Just put Bomba or Plena, you will most likely find something about Los Pleneros de la 21. And uh, we, will, uh, we will appreciate that a lot. And then we can keep engaging into this community uh, feeling of who we are as Puerto Ricans, as Latinos, as New Yorkers, you know. If there was one word to describe bomba and plena, what would that word be? Orgullo. That's the perfect word to describe it. <laughs> Orgullo in English, pride. I'm so proud of uh, have had, you know, of have the opportunity of, of doing this for you know for the present moment and to be uh, able, I would say, to have the opportunity to influence positively other younger generations about uh, the history, the and the celebration of uh, Bomba Plena as Puerto Rican expressions. Tanya, uh, <laughs> I really appreciate it. I greatly appreciate you taking the time to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month with us. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.